A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Story Studio. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Welcome to the Story Studio, a podcast for an independent publishing company that explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. My name is Luke Condo of K, and today I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Daniel Wilcox. Hi guys. And today we are talking about comics, Kickstarter, small press, Comic-Cons, what to do if you're a writer and you want to get a comic book off the ground. And we're also going to be talking about Ghosts. Uh, we're joined by comic book writer, publisher, and the BAFTA-nominated filmmaker, uh, Joey Oliveira. How's it going, man? Hi, guys. I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so, uh, what have you guys been up to? What have you been making? Uh, Dan, I know you've been... Uh, you've just done... Can you talk about that yet, or is that... No. Really me into that bit. Okay. Joey, what have you been working on, dude? Um, so I've just finished a Kickstarter for issue two of Ghost Island. I've just come off the back of that and I'm just putting everything into um just the artwork's finished for that now. So I'm actually doing the lettering for this issue. So okay. um I'm actually working on that at the moment and just getting that try and get that finished for London Super Comic Con in August. Are you all nice. done, finished with your uh, last campaign, the first campaign? Sorry? Are you, have you all like fulfilled and uh, got all your rewards out and stuff for the first one then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. that was, uh, that was was back in Jan- January. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. It, it took us a while to get ours out. So uh, <laughs> I'm still, oh. <laughs> uh, I think we only, only just managed to get them out, uh, finished all of the fulfillment uh, last week. Uh, but it feels good to have it all done. No, it's sick of I've got my copy now. Yeah, I haven't yeah. had a chance to read it yet, but it, oh, looks, cool. looks, it looks perfect. That's cool. Surreal holding your own comic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Dan, what have you been um, doing that you can talk about? <laughs> so, yeah, I've um, wrapped up a novella, which um, I'm not allowed to say too much about yet, but could be coming out, well, should be coming out at some point later this year, which is quite exciting. Um, and I've also been putting together or looking at the plans for um, our next series, which is um, we, we kind of the project name for it is are we are we say the project name. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, we've said it before. Yeah, Trollpocalypse. So it's basically going to be um, another post-apocalyptic series, but a little bit different to they rot. Just a, a bit of a different style, just to have a bit yeah. of play. And it have trolls. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we're also looking at the actual launch now of Lazarus, which was um, for long-term listeners to Pete the one of the um, it was the second half of the books that we originally started co-writing together when we started doing our sort of cross path yeah. publishing stuff. But yeah, so I'm really excited to see that coming together um, and just getting out there. Cause we've been working on that for nearly a year now. Yeah. It's good though. I'm, I'm happy with it. It's uh, come, mm. come together quite nicely. Um, and that kind of leads into your big whoop, right? For this week. Yeah. yeah so I just jump, jump straight into it. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, so my big whoop um, this week is that we are running a 99designs um, competition for the book cover for Lazarus. Um, and we've, we, we've never used 99designs before, but we've heard a lot about it through other podcasts. And it's one of those things that I was a bit dubious about to start with, but also quite excited because for people that don't know, it's um, an online marketplace where you put up your brief, you put what you're looking for from, it could be a logo, a book cover, a magazine cover, anything artsy. And it just has a pool of designers that will jump in and give you ideas or their versions of designs. Mm. 
And then what you do is slowly as time goes by, you eliminate them down into your finalists, get them to tweak the designs, and then you pay the winner. But if you don't like any designs, you don't really have to pay and put people forward. So it's kind of a, there's no downside to doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We had had some fantastic entries come in and we've narrowed it down to three, but I think we know which one we're going with now. Yeah, that seems to be the uh, the one that's been picked the most. It's got the most five star yeah. ratings, anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'd be cool. Uh, so, Joey, what's have you got a big whoop for us? Uh, my big whoop. I'm going to say uh, the movie War of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, funny, it's um, good. Okay. Uh, Chris Stuckman's like a big YouTube reviewer that I watch a lot of. He gave it an A plus, I think. Did he? Uh, yeah, oh. yeah, that's right. I haven't even I haven't even seen it yet, but it's still my big one. <laughs> right. <It's> like... <laughs> well, apparently it's going to be great. I think you're going to yeah. like it. <laughs> I'm on I'm, I'm on the hype train for yeah. This well, the first movie. two were great. In fact, I don't think yeah. I even watched the um. I think I watched the second one in passing, but the first one I really like absolutely loved and really got into mm. it. It gets better, you know. It's yeah. it's one of the most consistent franchises I think that's going right now. You think it's like overlooked because it's one of the things that I don't really hear people talk about until they actually come out. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, there's because there's a lot of blockbusters coming out at the moment as well. There's Dunkirk coming out at the week after it as well, so that doesn't necessarily help. Like Baby Driver, uh, Spider Man Homecoming, Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many films at the minute I really want to see. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I forgot War of the Planet of the Apes was was a thing. I remember seeing the trailer, and yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Luke. Like I've seen the first one. I've not actually seen the second one myself, but the first one I remember being a fantastic film when I first watched it. But it's like you enjoy it and then it's just you don't think about it anymore. Mm. The CGI is incredible as well. It's like you forget they're not real apes. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's still Andy Circus. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, oh. he's put so much into it. You can tell he's very passionate about it and I love yeah. that yeah. about it. I used to, I did like, I volunteered at the London Screenwriters Festival a few years ago and their offices was opposite Andy Circus's, um, what it's called, like Imagination Studios or Imaginarium Studios. Imaginarium, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I kept like, yeah, looking I've... in the windows to try and see someone, mm-hmm. but I didn't see anything interesting. Have you been inside? No, no, because their, their office I was in was like a normal, boring office. Yeah, yeah, I've got a friend who knows a person that works there, and apparently in the lobby they've just got a massive, like, 20-foot golem statue. Nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd get that just for myself. If I, if I owned an office, I'd just get a 20-foot statue of myself. Of yourself? Okay. Just of myself. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe holding a pet caterpillar. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> quick silence aside, what's your what's your big one? <laughs> I just had to check my notes. That's what I was. That's what I was, I was just checking my notes. Okay, um, I got here the Almarvo uh, ships, uh, and I'm just sort of really happy to have that out. I think when you sort of do a Kickstarter campaign, it's always like the worry that you're gonna bluff it up, like you're gonna like do so, like you're not gonna have enough money, you're not gonna ask for enough, or you're not gonna make enough, or you've not counted shipping posting right, and because it was the first one. I was just terrified that I was going to get out to shipping and the maths just weren't going to work. But it actually came, I think, like, we actually made £10 profit <laughs> out of it all. Like, so we managed to get it just down to the wire. Um, so I'm quite happy with it. But, um, yeah, but uh, I mean, we were never really went into it to make a profit initially, just to sort of get a, get something off the ground. I don't know about you, Joe, did you... Did, did you try and make a profit from yours or was it like... A... No, 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 no. <laughs> Make a profit more like make get in debt kind of thing from the first one. Yeah. The first one, like you were saying about shipping, I had not calculated that at all, and that really yeah. nearly put, put me to bed. How did you uh, yeah. How did you go about it? Because I ended up with like quite a nice little, little system uh, on the, the Royal Mail website, and I was batching it all. <laughs> I felt yeah? really pro. Oh, yeah, yeah. You do you done it the really proper way. I did it. Just turned up to the post office. Here's all eighty boxes. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't do it that way. Were many of them going abroad as well? Because I, I did yeah. that. I turned up because so I was doing all the pre-packaging and pre-label printing and stuff, and I turned up with all the overseas stuff, and then I like handed them over, and he goes, "You know, you need to put the EU label, like the things you need to sign out, and put them on these." And I had to take them back. And that took me another three hours to just, just write out like loads and loads of these oh EU customs things. Yeah, it's terrible, <laughs> but <laughs> it's cool. I, I enjoyed it. Though. I mean, um, so we'll, we'll get into the Kickstarter stuff later on. But I mean, do you want to? Give us a bit of an idea of, of who you are, what you do, uh, how you got into this whole writing game, and uh, and go from there, really. Okay. Um, so I'm the writer of Ghost Island. Uh, it's a supernatural horror graphic novel series. Um, I work full-time. This is not my only thing that I do. This is, like, something I'm passionate about. That's what I work on, really. Um, and I used to be a filmmaker. Well, I still do a 
bit of short movie making stuff still. And <clears throat> yeah, I've just moved away from that and gone into comics in the last um, 15 months, I'd say. Um, yeah. So, I mean, um, what, so was film the thing that you, when you first started like making stuff, you were like, film's the thing I want to do. What's all got you into film in the first place? Um, I got given a camera, like a tiniest camera. This is going back in 2003 now. And it was like smaller, ah, can't even, smaller than half, half the size of a packet crisps or something like that. Okay, yeah. Just a little, just a little box. At my uh, mom and stepdad got me for my 13th birthday and on the weekends I'd just go out and just shoot some silly videos and then come back and edit them together to some music and then it just developed and snowballed into something. It's like, oh, I'll start writing a script for this and we'll go out and do like an action film on the streets of Liverpool or, you yeah. know, and I'd done that for like the last uh, 10 years from there and just went to festivals and then that's how the BAFTA nomination came as well. So what, what was the film that won the BAFTA? So it was a film called Inhibitions. Okay. Um, and I literally just I f- wrote that, filmed it, directed it and acted in it. There was no one else involved. It was just yeah. me. I, so I was like, just set the tripod up and done my own thing. It's because not a lot of people were available to, you know, film all the time. So it's like out of frustration. I was like, I'm just going to still do this, but on my own. And then... I entered it into a film festival in Leicester Square that was held, and then we got shortlisted to the final three, and it was down to like a, a public vote, and yeah. people got to vote. And I came running off, but it was still cool to go down there and you know. That's cool. That's a fantastic thing because it, it takes a lot of, um, I guess, self motivation and confidence in in your stuff to actually submit to a festival in the first place. Um, I mean, had you acted in stuff before? Or was that also like your first? Yeah, that was that was my first gig as well. I was just like, no one else is going to do it, so I'll just bloody do it. So, you know. <laughs> did you, so from uh, that, what? Oh, gone. I was just going to say, did you um, get any funding for that, or was that like a, just a purely zero budget? Yeah. Sort of, okay. Yeah. Z- zero budget. Um, now I was only I was only like uh, I was nineteen, but you know, uh, not enough to make a little action Hollywood action budget. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. so it was just a small one, yeah. It was just a little indie festival, so um, they took it in. And what was it that caused the switch from filmmaking to comics? Because I I know from um, a few people that generally they'll switch from things like film to something like writing short stories or novels because you are then fully in control of what you're doing and it seems to be, quote, an easier route. Obviously, it's not. But from what I understand, going from film, which is quite a tricky industry, to then going into comics, which is also quite a... A, a tricky industry what was that kind of transition um going back to how i got into it it was more out of uh, the f- frustration really the the filmmaking route was gonna take a lot of well, i was doing working hard at it but it was gonna i was either try and get some money together and get yeah. a, a real job in quote <laughs> yeah. uh, and try and do it on the side but it just took over my life the job so um I went into comics really and just it was like you said it was quite a hard route but it was quite easier for me because I storyboard a lot of my um, work like every shot in film I storyboard everything that happens on the script is in my head basically yeah. so I can quite easily write that down and for comics it's like a dream because I can describe what shot I want I can like medium shot wide shot and I can uh, you know just explain the shot to the artist and hopefully they can read my english and yeah. translate that to, translate that to the page and mm. i'd say it was quite quite a smooth transition into it really yeah i think like visual storytelling especially writing for visual storytelling it's all very similar uh, i was reading warren ellis's newsletter and he was talking about so he's just done the castlevania netflix series for animation and um he was talking to the newsletter about how he's kind of been practicing for that for the last 20 30 years because he's been writing comics all that time it's the same mm. The same idea, just writing for sort of visual medium. But uh, I mean, I've, I've, I'm quite similar to you because filmmaking was the thing I thought I was going to do. I was like, yeah. film, film is what I'm going to do. But um, I couldn't get any funding for one thing, and it just seemed to be impossible to get funding. And then I just kind of realised how expensive and how sort of much how painful filmmaking is compared to just sitting at your computer and writing <laughs> or like. It's a lazy man, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only film I did that did did all right, I actually sort of worked out a way to do it from my bedroom. Um, which is Keith, but I, I, I prefer 
doing comics and, and stories and, and uh, like what we're doing now, Dan, like this is kind of the dream mm. really just to, no matter where we are, we can jump on Skype, talk about a story and then start writing a story down. Yeah, yeah just create. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, did you have any sort of like, um, when you got into comic book making, were you like, what was the point that made you go from, uh, I quite, quite fancy making a comic to it's actually something possible. This is actually something that we could get together and, and get, get made. Mm, uh, it came from, I mean, the comic medium itself. I never even thought about it. It just came across through a friend suggested that I started reading the Walking Dead comics to yeah. catch up with the, the series kind of thing. And that opened, that just opened a world for me because I was thinking I'd only ever been exposed to superhero comics and that's all it's ever been for me. Not something that could be potentially grounded in a, you know, comic book universe and maybe, you know, people can, it can be like real life stories, basically you tell on the page, can't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, it just came from, came from that really. And was it when you were um, doing your filmmaking? Was the because I, I, well, we read Ghost Island, or I've read volume one, and um, obviously it's a very, very dark story. Yeah. Was that the kind of stuff that you were doing in filmmaking, or has the shift in medium also shifted your genre as well? No, it's always been, it's always been like horror, dark thriller, uh, dark, dark tale stories. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like a rom com guy or. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, uh, who hurt you then as a child <laughs> that, that's for another podcast yeah. <laughs> yeah a personal one just for you yeah <laughs> um that's cool then man. i mean is there any so robert kirkman i guess and like the whole image comic sort of scene is there any sort of creators out there who like really inspired you uh and sort of the, the way you told the story like i don't want, like alan moore or you know is there any people like that that you really were inspired by um i'd say again like walking dead that obviously yeah. opened the world to me like a character driven story you know there's a lot of lot of that in that um i read the watchman as well maybe for some sort of style yeah. um but i am i am a bit of a comics noob i still i've got a lot of catching up to do in the you know comics world but i'm more concentrating on the indie scene and grabbing people's comics and just like every time i see somebody on kickstart with a good idea on with a comic or like a dark story someone's like yeah just give me it come on let's go yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's so there's so many cool comics to do on that on kickstarter doing the whole small press thing though but i do think you kind of get more interesting stuff on there than you do in definitely marvel and dc uh but like even like in images of that, like some of the stuff that's coming out on kickstarter is just kind of insane um but um, I mean, do you, do you regularly sort of go on Kickstarter and check what's going out, or do you? Is it, <laughs> yeah. is there, oh, you do, okay. Yeah, it's just like almost every other day, probably just like check the new um, tab and just see what what's coming through, kind of thing. It's not only that; it's about seeing who else is out there, kind of networking as well. You know, who you know, yeah. we're in the UK or America. It's just like seeing these other creators because it's not really an easy and open way to connect with other creators, other than probably Twitter, where. You know, you're following someone else's retweet, or it's not really a, a big net network for it to find. If you get me, yeah, yeah. So, uh, were there any sort of like, um, what kind of lessons do you think that you sort of learned whilst filmmaking that, is, that you brought over to like the comic making process? Um. So, as I said before about the storyboarding, I did a lot of that with the filmmaking and that obviously helped a hell of a lot going into comics because when you're trying to get your idea across the artist to draw what's in your head, um, mm. that obviously helped a lot in um, trying to get the vision onto the page. And she's absolutely nailed it, I think, Annabella Tullioni, trying to get what I did have in my head onto the page. Um, I do miss a lot. It was difficult leaving out the audio and music away from filmmaking because yeah. I'm, to I'm totally about somebody like immersing that person reading the comic. So, or watching a film like the, the music or that, yeah. that plays a big part in my short films, the music and atmosphere of things. Um, so I definitely miss that in the comic. Yeah. So, so the because there's quite a few pages where there's not many speech bubbles, and I think that's where maybe something I can tighten up on in future comics because that's where probably the music would come in and my scripts. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, I think kind of like um, with film, you you control the pacing of the narrative. With comics, like mm -hmm. it's it's kind of it's. I mean, you can like fill more text into the 
panels where you want people to slow down a bit. But there's not much more you can do than that because people are going to read at whatever pace they want. I mean, some people don't even read the text. I'm sure they just sort of like flick through <laughs> it, look at the pretty pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure my mate does some of that. Yeah. But, um, what what was the original um, idea behind Ghost Island? What was the seed that made made that become your first Kickstarter project? Um, it was really from. Oh, I had a bit of a not a f- fail, just like a bit of a jump start with a previous comic idea called Twenty Eighty Four: uh, The New Order, and it was like a set in the UK. Um, like a post-apocalyptic society, kind of 1984 cross beef of vendetta. Um, all the UK's divided into states and walled up, like Trump style. I wrote yeah. this four years ago, so <laughs> bit of That's a terrifying. Nostradamus, <laughs> Nostradamus type thing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I went, went on to Ghost Island into from just like frustration from horror movies, where like there's a bad guy in it or there's a serial killer in it, and he's just bad because of it and you don't find out what makes this person evil um, and that's where it came from for the idea for Ghost Island, all the ghosts that are on the island have got some kind of evil dark past and through the psychic of Josh we go into that and go into their flashbacks of like their origins, you know, how, how they ended up in there why, why is the guy called the Butcher really just yeah. <laughs> on the island there's all these different um, evil characters housed on the island so, yeah. yeah, it was just it went from what makes a person evil? That was like this simple question that spawned from it. Yeah. yeah. Is it mostly about um, trying to tell the stories that haven't been told before and looking for that unique idea rather than, because I know a lot of people when they put ideas together, they'll tend to, I mean, me and Luke do it with some of our stories. We'll pick two ideas and merge them together because it's sometimes difficult to find that original bend, that original angle. Yeah. So is that kind of part of what you look for then? Or would you say that Ghost Island was inspired heavily by something that is already pre-existing? Uh, I mean, I came to think of that afterwards, like after I'd finished it all, somebody said, oh, so it's Jurassic Park with ghosts. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe in my subconscious, that's Jurassic Park is like one of my favourite films. So maybe in the subconscious, in the back of my head, maybe that's where it came from, but wasn't intentional because yeah. <laughs> yeah. i really did like uh, i loved the idea as um you've got a lot of characters especially in that first issue it sets up really well with you've got a lot of what i'd probably call dominant characters that have their own story that are all quite interesting and different but it's not like so far out of everyone being completely polar opposite that it's jarring yeah well the, yeah it's I love the idea of having like these set amount of characters go into the island and we're all starting the journey with them kind of thing. And we know we've got some layers to peel back about them, but we know they're all new to this experience together and we're all going on it with them and we're going to find out things together and we're going to find out bits and pieces about them, which might throw things up in the air. So yeah, I, I, that's how I liked it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how many issues are you looking at doing? So it's five five issues. Obviously, the first issue was um, forty four pages, and they're going to continue to be quite quite long. The second one's thirty eight, and we'll probably stick around the forty page for the and the final one probably be about fifty sixty. So yeah. it's like like a big finale. I don't... Yeah, yeah. So so how long ago was it? So you, you were sitting down, you were like um, uh, watching Jurassic Park, say, <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then, like, how long ago was it when you first started to put pen to paper and started to like write out, um, write out the ideas? And was it the characters who sort of came first, or was it like the idea of the uh, the, the theme park ghosts sort of thing? Or uh, how did that whole process work? Um, so it started with the characters. I'd say it started with Josh, the main character, where he's like a troubled psychic, um, and his his fiance has been well, she's like missing, and presumed dead by a lot of the press and it was just following from that and what push it like pushes him to find out more about well he can't remember anything he's just completely blacked out from the experience he doesn't know where she's gone she doesn't know what happened to him but her blood was found on her hands so then we just spawned from that and threw them into Jurassic Park with ghosts <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say those, uh, been... the first 10 pages like, I think it's about 10 pages so were really great uh, I mean so you you made this comic and then um, you sort of hand it out there. Like, what did people 
react mm. people you know react to like the the child murder right i've been to a few conventions and like i've got kids coming up to the table flicking through the first 10 pages like whoa stop right there <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean the the reaction and reviews have been fantastic i mean it's like i kind of wanted like a kind of bad review so i could like improve on you know mm. improve yeah. on the process but I, i've got my own critiques of myself uh, to improve on but again the audience reaction has been fantastic and yeah uh, it's yeah. yeah what's your sort of um what's your selling strategy do you go to cons do you have like your website what are, what are the main channels that you use to sell the book um comic uh conventions yeah definitely conventions at the moment like as soon as Kickstarter issue one finished, I was like, I'm going to try and get um, get out there as much as possible now and try and build up like a, a, a fan base kind of thing, a following. And so I booked about mm, 19, 20 conventions for this year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many of them have you done so far? Um, sorry, I'm just on the, the board. I've done uh, 13 okay. so far. Yeah. So but, how? So how? Like conventions is something like I really want to do more of because I want to do some like in the real world sort of stuff it's um, nice to meet people and to yeah. interact isn't it we, we've, yeah, done, we, we've done one so far and that was like just just kind of lovely to sort of get out there but at the same time we're kind of nervous because like it's a lot of money like it would seem to all ask for like at least 50 quid or so to to book a table right is that where, yeah where did you guys go uh, uh, we did the link on um, link on yeah yeah, yeah. Is yeah that, that was last October it was, it was in um the engine shed which is kind of a small venue but they, they they did well with the space but we thought we'd start small just to iron out any sort of kinks we might have yeah. and just give it a bit of a practice run yeah. but we're at... sorry i think it was before you had the comic out and you were gonna yeah. do it without the comic exactly yeah mm. yeah so we didn't yes. um we just had a few books we had, we? yeah we, we had a few books yeah, we and did. the other the other stories as well we had them um, cds of that yeah it was interesting i mean um so did you did you factor in the, the cost of all these things or did you sort of pay for yourself and think um i'll make money from one that will pay for the others or how did that whole side of it work so i had a bit of money saved up um from like i just like saved up money for the issue one yeah. um kickstarter and other uh, just for the launch of it really and yeah the conventions just yeah again put me in, <laughs> into the black again <laughs> just booking up <laughs> a, lo- a load of conventions and i wasn't going to expect to make profit over but hopefully break even you know from each one because it's i've I've only got one book on the table so it's not like you know people are just going to buy one you can't buy anything else so um i expanded on it a bit with some merchandise and stuff to bulk it up a bit and yeah people bought into that uh for now until more books come out but yeah the plan was always to either break even hopefully i could maybe make some money back for travel costs maybe a hotel or something Mm -hmm. like that but no. yeah i think there's a good lesson there in like you say if you are limited and you do only have sort of one one book one comic whatever it is there are other avenues in putting out merchandise and looking for different ways to bulk up your um your, your store your store a bit so what were there any particular bits of merchandise that worked more than others was there anything that you thought was would sort of sell like hotcakes it didn't so i'll go i'll go through what merchandise i've got i've got um badges there you go down really well with kids and stuff um but <laughs> not, the, <laughs> not the comic itself that were the deaf just take it away and hand them a badge um yeah i've got badges uh i've yeah. got t-shirts now with the front cover skull on uh they do quite well um what else i got i got notebooks they they do the best i love notebooks notebooks People like notebooks okay. here um that's got a skull, a skull on again um, I see Luke's eyes lighting up. Then, like, oh, okay. <laughs> I like notebooks as well. I don't, see, I don't seen, tend to use them. I seen, I seen dollar marks in your. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah. Well, uh, I'd, I'd say the notebooks do the best. Um, I've got like little art cards as well. People like them, you know, of the ghost characters. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah. You ever thought of doing a poster of your front cover? Sorry, yeah, I've got posters as well. Oh, yeah. Do they sell those? Not at all. <laughs> so we have, need some additional bits for, for our store. I, I know people like um, bookmarks as well. I, I've never invested, but people like you got. You can have all your social media on there as well. You can fit that all on. Yeah. So, like, comes like the main thing for you at the minute, and sort of uh, is there any sort of more, like more digital ways of like audience building you're looking at, or are you sort of strictly in the in the real world, shall we say, <laughs> like in the physical world? <laughs> uh, I'd love to. Uh, say master the digital world, but no, not yet. I mean, I want to get the comics on. Obviously, Comicsology, yeah, um, Comic House, Comic House is on there. Um, Comics Central as well. That looks like a really buzzing yeah. website at the moment. They they give you ninety percent of the profit, you know, of what um, you sell as well. But yeah, they definitely just cons at the moment, and just trying to build up that the fan base. Um, I'm just followers really. Yeah. Do you, do you often go and speak to other storeholders and try and um, like network? How how important is that to sort of meet other comic makers for you? Oh yeah, definitely. Just it keeps you sane more than more than anything because yeah. you could be at a convention. I mean, I've had two or, two or three really rough conventions where it's been called a comic con and I've been the only per- comic trader there. You know, yeah. it's oh. quite quite really frustrating and. Like there was a last one that I was at in Southport and there was a, another table. Like it was just me and another table. I was like, I'm going to go over to keep myself sane and let's talk comics for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but no, it's great. Just, you know, any chance I can get away from the table and meet other creators and, you know, talk about what we do, you know, that it's yeah. something we're all passionate about, you know, it's great to talk about. So, so for us, because we want to do some Comic Cons at some point, I think we've got one booked Nottingham Comic Con. Uh, in October. Oh, I'm, October 14th. I'll, I'll be there too. You know, hey, you know the table number yeah. then. <laughs> I I don't know, but we'll okay. have to meet up for a drink. After. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Nottingham's sort of like my home city as well, so it'd be nice to sort of Epic. go there and sort of see some people. Um, so, what sort of advice would you sort of give to us for like looking to book some comic? What should we avoid? Like, <laughs> uh, what should we be looking for on like, the comic on website and what they're providing? Like, what sort of is fifty pound like a good sort of average to pay or should we be looking for deals or pay? <laughs> yeah, deals. I'll give you a comic book and trade for the table. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a website called comicconventions.co.uk. They have most of the um, conventions on there that predominantly sell comics. Okay. But, you know, there's only so many going on there. And then I've gone from outsourced from there and there's been like uh, – there's conventions everywhere basically but they're not just comics you know it's yeah but some some you can do well at some you can't and what i've tried to do is like say what's the last one southport i've tried to do like hashtag searches or facebook searches of these conventions and try and look at pictures basically and see is this busy is it you know what the footfall is like or yeah um so I'll definitely go that route but uh it's difficult. I mean, I'm I booked on so many conventions because there's not many uh, reviews of them, or just you you don't know until you do them, you know. Yeah, and it seems to be like that, more and more popping up, right? There seems to be new comic cons every other week. And the thing is, with that, anybody can do them. You know, you or I could set up a comic con, and it could just be somebody. I don't want to 
piss on somebody, but they could just be doing it, be doing it for the money. You know, you get all the, you talk about trader table money. Yeah, um, that's a lot of money going into that event, and that person might not be not even care about comics or you know traders or anything like that. But they get the money at the end of the end of the day, so it's not. Yeah, we've that's, had two set up in Lincoln in the past. There was the one that we went to last year, and then the year before that, there was another one run by a different company, a different venue, and it was pretty much just packing as many stalls into a tiny space as possible and just taking money on the door and it was just yeah. it just wasn't it it wasn't convenient for the people going around or the storeholders um and the people that did it last year did a much better job um but i think yeah directly seeing some people that do just cram in for the cash and some people that actually care about the people that are there i think it's important to do research where you can because i mean you said um you said you're you're quite good friends with frizz on comics yeah yeah, who are previous guests that have been on our show for anyone that wants to listen to that episode i think that was one of our earliest ones yeah um but i mean i know that they've pretty much spent a year and a half going to different conventions have you used their mind at all to sort of just ask about different locations yeah well we've bumped into each other a couple of times now and i previously recommended them to a convention that turned out to be utter rubbish so maybe yeah. they won't listen won't listen to me again <laughs> they're gonna don't ask them for back they're gonna send you to like a shed or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well is there a lesson there the same comic con could be completely different on two different occasions yeah possibly yeah i mean it's difficult i mean this is my first year as well doing it mm. so the only advice i can probably give is um you've just got to go with the gut feeling possibly with some of them maybe see if other creators are going to them um yeah. there was a really good one i think just went cardiff um yeah i saw some stuff about that it looks like it's fun yeah yeah, someone's on the awesome comics podcast talking about um, how comics, you know, it was just all about the comics, basically. And you you want to go to something like that. You want to be a part of something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's what I tried to do. I think you mentioned you've seen the v- vlog that I did once yeah, on yeah. Magicon. I mean, I was going to do one for every comic con and try and yeah. do a review for people to show what the good best one was like. But then the con started booking up like 18, 19. I was like, that's too many vlogs. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. A lot. Yeah. So, um, so if we could just jump on back to the company itself for for a little minute or two. Uh, so, a lot of people kind of asked me. They said they want to get into comics, or they've seen when we posted in our in our awful groups that we made this comic. They were like, "I want to do that as well." Where do I get an artist? And uh, I don't really realize sort of how difficult it is to find an artist. I mean, how did you find? I'm going to mispronounce her name. Um, Annabelle Terdione. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> she'll approve. I think. <laughs> cool. How did you How did you find her? And um, was this the first artist you found, or was it a bit of a trial and error process? Uh, so I used a website called freelancer.com. Um, basically, it sounds a bit like that ninety nine designs you previously mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, you post your project idea on there, and all your requirements, what you want, want doing, and maybe your budget if you want. But then once it's posted, um, all the artists can then bid on the project for what they want to do your project for. Okay. Um, so you get everyone to in a nice bid and more. <laughs> yeah. Is it but very it, X Factor? Is it like, because my cat died yesterday and <laughs> I can't afford the funeral costs? I mean, literal literal bids. You know, they bid the money. Oh, okay. how much, <laughs> yeah, they bid how much money. Yeah. <laughs> no sob stories. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it came across that way, and then you've got to filter through a lot of, um, like you get silly bits. <laughs> you get you get yeah. silly bits from like Eastern countries where they say like, oh, "I'll do twenty-five page comic for thirty dollars." It's like, <laughs> will you yeah. though? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I found Annabella through there. You know, she That's she cool. showed me a portfolio on there as well, and yeah, we just went on from there, and then yeah, we. Two books done now, and we've got a great partnership from that. I can't follow. That's, that's cool. And where's she from? Uh, she's from Spain. Okay. So we've we've never met. We've just messaged and stuff. So, I love the digital world. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, so in terms of um, uh, so did, you wrote the script. Did you write it sort of Marvel style uh, for, or like full script Marvel style? For people who don't know, is uh, you kind of just like an over, overview of what happens and then the artist draws and then you script over the top of what they draw. Uh, did you go that method or did you like the full script? No, that's an interesting method I've, I've heard of. Like, But uh, yeah, it's, it's maybe um, I'm too restrained. Uh, 
constrained with script that everything's like yeah. scripted everything's directed the shots everything yeah. i mean because i think maybe i've come from a filmmaking background i know exactly what i want so um i mean annabelle is free to if she wants to have some input or you know oh i think this look will look better and what she has done in this issue as well yeah. you know i'm ha- happy to you know work with that or but i definitely from yeah i'm just everything's on the script kind of thing there Cool. Your baby. Yeah, and uh, you say someone else said the letters last time, uh, but you're doing the lettering this time. Is that easy to do? That, uh, I, I know it's a whole art in itself. Like I just don't really know that much about lettering the the process, to be honest. I neither do I, to be honest. But it's not. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have. I don't have the budget anymore yeah. um, to do that. Um, so I've been reading a load of comics, just <laughs> looking at the lettering and doing some online courses and. Hopefully, he'll turn out, you know, okay. Yeah. Um, I would, I would have loved to have had a letter on board, but it's just, I mean, it's not in the budget, and it's a new skill. You know, maybe I'll have at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 Quite, what, quite, quite, um, go on, Dad. I was just going to say, so obviously you do a lot with all your comics and your filmmaking, and you work full time. What does an average day look like for you? A nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, I'm like on three different shifts every week, so I don't have a routine at all. Um, oh. So it's like nights, late, early. So it's I'm all over the place really. It's just from when what, I get home. What is your day job, by the way? Are you a, uh, like a medium? Are you a, do you <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Ghost Island's based on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a biography. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I work in a car factory. Um, okay. Uh, so yeah. I hate cars. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so, you know, it's, yeah. it's what people have to do, though, isn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, if you're trying to get into this kind of industry, there are hundreds of people, maybe some listening, that do have that job and are dreaming of of creating these things. And obviously, the end goal is trying to. Well, for for us, it's full time. I mean, is it for you? Yeah. Um, I would love to. Um, but I'm just plugging away, trying to just make just enjoy what I'm creating at the moment. You know, I mean, if you can enjoy that and have maybe the day day job from hell. Well, yeah. you've got to have balance, haven't you? I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so are you, are you just basically concentrate on Ghost Island now to finish that all five issues, or do you think you'll um, maybe have a little jaunt after like a, a one-shot issue of something else, or what's the plan there? I'd love to do a one-shot issue, but it's yeah. my ideas are just too like big to get it on twenty-five pages <laughs> or something. Yeah, that, that that's what happened with issue one. You know, I just like got carried away and. I got up to page 25 and they hadn't even got to the island yet. I was like, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> 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 I have to do 30 pages. So. Yeah. Um, but I've got two other series planned. I've got um, 2084 I was telling you about the, before I started Ghost Island. That's being coloured at the moment and that's bringing it to life a bit now. Okay. And I'm doing hopefully another Kickstarter in October for uh, like a Canadian folklore horror uh, themed uh, graphic novel series. Yeah, mm. I'm so really excited. Is that gonna be like a similar sort of length as, as Ghost Island then? Uh, five issues, yeah, but I'm gonna be strict with myself and get it down to 25 pages. Okay, cool. I'm I've got no more money. Yeah. 25 pages. <laughs> yeah. So how how confident are you in your Kickstarters? Because you seem to be that is your primary method for gathering funds and putting stuff out there. And obviously, I know some people find that a bit a bit tricky. And me personally, I've not. I've seen Luke and, and Ben put on their Kickstarter and. I've got a Kickstarter in the background that I'm looking at putting on when I have a bit of time to work on it. But it seems, I don't know, for me, it feels like a gamble to put that as like your primary method of funding, but it seems to be working quite well for you. Well, the, the first one, we, we made the goal. Uh, it was quite low. We went on, well, I went in low. Um, well, I saved money up to most of the funds, but it was primarily to pay for the uh, printing. So yeah. I went in low to try and get people on board to, you know, bite at this. That was my method. Um, and from that, then second issue, I, I went for the full amount then. I mean, you know, I've got people in kind of thing and hopefully you'll come back and from the conventions that I done, like build, built up a bit of a following that way. Yeah. And so, it, like you say, with Kickstarter, it's, it's free publicity as well. I mean, you, you're on there. It's a platform, and people can see it everywhere around the world. It's the uh, the third biggest Kickstarter's first third biggest comic book publisher as well. Like it's in terms of pub, it, yeah. comic book output. Yeah, it puts out 
I think like forty um, percent of the comics in the world. There, there yeah. are there are people who go on Kickstarter looking for comp- like yourself who go on like, <laughs> to looking for like cool comics as if it's his own publisher. It's just, it's actually just me taking up all those sales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's an amazing platform. I mean, I, I don't know where I'd be without it. I mean, maybe I, I wouldn't have been able to do it possibly. Yeah. And like many others, but yeah, I'm just grateful for the platform. And as you say, it is daunting on Kickstarter. I wouldn't say I'm confident with it at all. Um, cause once you put it on there, you don't, I didn't know how it was going to go on the first day, um, on the se- second issue, but we got like 50 backers. I only got 60 backers on the first campaign. So, you know, it's, I think it's about building yourself up, building that platform and just it's a comfort zone for you as well, just, right? Like, uh, so, uh, Russell Nolte, who is a comic kind of guy in America, he, he did a, like a 2000 pound dollar campaign and like $3,000 campaign. And then just this year, in February, he did a $20,000 campaign and he, he made it. And, but like, it just seems to be like comfort zone of just like, uh, slowly building yourself up to, to be comfortable with asking for that amount of money or um, obviously you have to do like a bigger project to, to warrant that but it has made me a lot more comfortable now of doing another one now that I know postage and now I, don't, I know I can work out exactly <laughs> how much stuff is going to cost I think I'll have a better idea of what we can actually do but it's always going to be scary it's always jumping off a cliff uh, that first issue I had and you talk about postage I have to tell it I, I had a nightmare with postage on the first issue how much, what would you? Go on. Go on. I was just going to say, was it uh, how much more expensive was it than you thought it was going to be? <laughs> well, it was supposed to pay for that. That Kickstarter was just the, supposed to pay for um, the printing costs of the book, and I didn't realize Kickstarter takes ten percent as well. Yeah. And so when I got to the post office, I wasn't left with much for the postage. Yeah. And the postage ended up costing because I only charged like two pounds for the. Like uh, was it three pounds for like abroad, like America, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Anywhere, anywhere else. So that's less up, than the thing, anyway, right? It's like five pounds and upwards, I think. I ended up costing about seven pounds uh, to post abroad, and yeah. I had like six, sixty copies, and Ooh. yeah, <laughs> killed me. Yeah, I need to do another Kickstarter immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you reckon anyone's ever done a Kickstarter to pay for the mistake from the first Kickstarter? <laughs> pay for my postage from my previous Kickstarter. It, it was nearly me. So. <laughs> yeah. So what would that be your if you were to give one piece of advice to someone who sat there wondering whether they should press the go live button on Kickstarter? Would would that be your first bit of advice, or, or is there something something else you'd share? Well, what's this other than the? Um, Postage or check your postage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so someone just sat there going, oh, I don't know. What would be your one bit of advice for them? Yeah, just try and account for everything that you 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 need and not want. Um, you know, in terms of money, um, because you know, don't kill yourself over trying to. If you can't make the Kickstarter goal, then you're not just don't break yourself because of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I've got... people must. Oh, go on. No, no, you go. I think people must also, if you're, if people like yourself are shopping on Kickstarter for comics, there must also be an expectation that you're going to be paying a little extra anyway for something that is independent. So I don't think people would mind too much if you did just knock up that price an extra pound or two just to cover your own costs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, a, it's like a startup, isn't it? I mean, mm. like a startup business for it. Yeah. Uh, uh, so just because just, I've only just done the performance, I still feel like uh, I'm sort of in the mind for it. I would just tell people if they're going to do it, just make some sample packages and just ship them out, and then you'll get like you'll start to get an idea of how much stuff costs and how big and like what <laughs> what uh, category things can go in, and um, yeah, I, I think it's just one of those things that you don't know until you've done it. Like you just mm. don't know. Yeah, exactly. The first the first Kickstarter campaign, I learned so much, made so many mistakes, made made some good took some good points away from it, and then. I think I think the second one was better for it. Yeah, um, yeah. We almost tripled the, the back account as well. So um, yeah, I think that's like the main aim, right? Just to get as sort of as many readers as you can get in there into yeah, the funnel. Just, basically, just get the first one out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so I mean, do you see you, you're a filmmaker? Uh, do you see Ghost Island sort of um, going transmedia? Maybe like doing a podcast series, or you know, like, or a short film based around it, or anything like that. Or do you just see it just being comic books? Well, the dream is to get the Netflix series deal. That is the dream. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I could go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I could just so see it as a, uh, it would be perfect for it. Like each episode would go into like a ghost past and you go into the origins of that. And, you know, everyone, an episode back to the island and find out about more about the characters and, you know, dip in, dip out kind of thing. Um, so that's the dream Fun. goal. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the stretch goals for the Ghost Island Kickstarter, if we'd got past the, the goal, would have been like an audio drama. So like I was saying before about the music, adding some music and, I wanted to add some like voice actors into it as well. And so you could follow the pages and, you know, while you're listening to these guys um, perform it with some sound effects and just, so, I, I, yeah. I, I love a me- like immersion and things like, and just like the full experience for people to, yeah. you know, just absorb it all. Yeah. What mm. you should do, you should get like a sensory deprivation tank. <laughs> people around, <laughs> put them in there with a reading light and a comic. Maybe the next Kickstarter campaign that can be the top goal. Yeah, the ultimate yeah. reading experience. You literally can't <laughs> sense anything else. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, so I think we're like we're pretty much there for like questions and stuff. Um, have you got any a visit you wanted to ask then? To ask you guys? No. Oh, oh sorry. No, uh, Dan, have you got any other questions? Um, I, I was going to say on the whole transmedia thing, like potentially, go, could you imagine Ghost Island as a VR? VR, that's a cool idea. That could that could be fun. Yeah, really cool. But then, yeah, like, uh, how how does one do that? I know uh, I know some game developers who do sort of VR stuff, but like they work on one tiny thing for about five years. Like, and yeah. it seems a little bit I don't know. Difficult did you see it. the um the Stranger Things VR? No. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. You actually sit. You're actually in the house, and you can go around and look, and it's got like the lights on the wall lighting up, and then things oh, are like going cool. off behind you. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Next tip, next tip for you, Comic Con table, bring a VR headset and get yeah. yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get something on there. Yeah. Not have people <laughs> queuing up for the table. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I, I did have a, a question. Actually. So, um, so cause you got you got Kickstarter coming in October, and then the the, the say like the ice. What did you say? The other one was sorry. There's like a cold. You got the 2084, and then you've got another yeah. series planned as well, right? Yeah, that's called the Whisper in the Woods. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. So. What would be what would you say like is the minimum uh, product that you need to have for a pitch? Do you know what I mean to go onto Kickstarter? Because we went in with uh, cover and five pages, but I know some people have told us that that's probably not the best thing to do to have the whole issue ready anyway. But I don't know how you do that financially. Uh, what what? I just want to get your thoughts on it, really. Yeah, I mean I'm, that that's perfectly fine. I think what you said with the cover and just. You've got to have some artwork, you know, you can't just say, have a long blog post saying what it's about, you know, you need to, people are visual, you know, they need to see what your ideas are, you know, it's, but I'd say, you know, maybe five, ten pages, I mean, I, I go further in kind of thing, so I've just got more uh, artwork to share, you know, on social media and yeah. build up some buzz, you know, and um, like for the last campaign, I, I posted every single day for two months to try and, you know, build up the buzz, and yeah. I think... Definitely, you know, definitely contributed to that opening day. Um, but I'd say perfectly fine, just five, ten pages, as, as many as you can, but don't bust your balls trying to... Don't bust your balls. <laughs> yeah. Quotation yeah. from uh, Joe Oliveri. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's going on the grave, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so uh, well, I think that's pretty much it for now. Uh, we've got to hear what's next for Joey. Is there anything else other than the, uh, the October campaign that you sort of want to talk about or or anything on the cards? Um, well, I'm starting my own podcast. Are you? It's like a horror podcast. Okay. Uh, it's called Don't Go to Sleep. And um, basically it's true accounts of um, like people's stories of, there's a subreddit called Let's Not Meet. And it's yeah. like these stories people post uh where they have creepy encounters with people yeah. and like sinister situations. And basically what I'm doing is getting a bunch of voice actors to read out the stories and adding some music and some like sound effects and just like I was saying, <laughs> complete horror audio experience. Yeah. And I'm okay. trying to launch that within the next two or three weeks. Two or three weeks. Okay, nice. cool. Um, yeah. If you want, if you ever want any advice on, podcast stuff that we, we, think, yeah, we do yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, cool man so we've got like the, the quick fire round some people are always a little bit surprised but as you listen to the show uh, you might have expected it coming um, so are you ready Dan? yes do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? 
Uh, I'll shoot if you want. Go for it. Um, okay, your favourite member of the Beatles? Uh, Lennon. Would you rather live in a world where you're constantly bored or constantly bombarded with entertainment? Uh, bombarded with entertainment. What's your favourite building? The live building. Uh, Batman or uh, Spider-Man? Batman. What was the last book or comic that you read? Ooh. Oh, oh god! <sighs> I failed. <laughs> Smash the buzzer! Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Comic? Uh, I don't. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, the the one person you'd want to meet. Ah, oh, bloody hell! Will Ferrell. <laughs> nice. What's your biggest hobby outside of writing? Making cars. Crazy <laughs> 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 cars. Uh, watching films. Your uh, favorite writer? Oh, yeah, these are hard. Uh, George Orwell. What was the worst birthday present you ever received? Leather gloves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the last question: Would you come back on the show? Uh, maybe, maybe when you're doing the next campaign, or maybe when you maybe talk about some horror podcast right. stuff. That's always fun. Yeah, mm. sure, man. Uh, out of curiosity, what is the worst birthday present that you ever received, Dan? Um, it's a car sponge. So. The mini story behind that is that my birthday is in March and my nan, my, yeah, there's a story. My nan basically bought me this bunch just after Christmas because it was on sale. It was like 50p in a garage. Um, and I sold my car in the January, but she gave it to me anyway, despite knowing that I sold my car because she bought it before I sold my car. It's an investment. It was an investment. You will need to use um, it at some point. Yeah, yeah. That, that sponge is, is now just in a frame uh, yeah. on my wall. To remind me of, of how much is it I'm really? Worth. It's not really, is it? It's, I, wish, <laughs> no. I really wish that was true. My uh, no, it's in the bin. my dad <laughs> in the bin, straight in the bin. My uh, my the worst thing I've seen. Uh, my dad got my mum for Christmas um, like a remote control for TV. And <laughs> I remember thinking that's I was like five and I was like that is the worst present I've ever seen. In my that's mom, just, that's my an odd present. Yeah. Did, did the previous TV not have a remote? No, he didn't. He just wanted a better. My dad wanted a better remote for the TV, and he bought it as a present for my mum. Oh, and they hadn't brought out the Harry Potter wand remotes yet. Okay. Yeah, not yet. No, no. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so, um, yeah, Jay, where can we follow you and your work? Um, so uh, I'm on Twitter, just Joey nine one one. Ghost Island's on Facebook, Ghost Island Comic. Uh, we're on Instagram as well, Ghost Island Comic, and Twitter as well. We all uh, the Ghost Island. Also, go to Kickstarter and follow you there because uh, I follow you there and I can see what you're backing. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just get emails every day then? Yeah, I do, yeah, from everyone. I'm, back, I'm following a lot of people. Um, nice. Okay, so a quick thanks to Disasterpiece for the intro and outro music, ACAS for hosting the podcast, the listeners for listening, uh, patrons over at patreon.com, and thanks to Dan, my co host, for being here because without you, I'd be alone. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, so this, who, who we got on next? I don't know now. Um, Maybe Monica, Monica Leo. It's all jumbled up at the minute. So there will be another episode and there will be person, people talking <laughs> on it. So expect that to happen. Okay. All right. I'm going to sign off here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Still hungering for some podcast goodness? Then why not check out our other show, The Other Stories. Oh. And did you know, every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Cute, eh? Anyway, toodle pip. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.